0: The afternoon of march 31st 2023 a tornado tore apart the cross county town of Wynn leaving 26 people injured and four others dead the tornado was more than 13 football fields wide the national weather service meteorologist who surveyed the tornado's 73 mile path said it had a maximum width of 1600 yards and peak winds of 150 miles per hour reverend matt carter is the pastor of first united methodist church in Wynn he's also been a longtime director of omp mission weeks During our mission week in Northeast Arkansas this past summer, I had the opportunity to tour the church building and talk with Matt about how the tornado has affected the church and the community of Wynn. So tell me about, just start with the storm that night.
1: Okay. Uh, So the storm hit, I thought it was around 4.30. Everybody's telling me it was closer to 5.30. So, I mean, it shows how much I pay attention to the clock. Um it was fast i mean two minutes and it was done uh, there's different cameras around town that caught it going on and it, it literally just seems like fury and then peace again um, but here in the sanctuary is the room that we're in now you can see all of this has degraded since the storm i came in the night of the storm it took me about six hours to get here from where i live three blocks behind us just because all the trees down and the stuff going on uh, but once i walked in here it was very calm and i couldn't really see bunch of damage other than a couple of windows busted out and all that i was like oh so except for the the steeple we did okay Uh, and then saturday morning i came in and you can see over on the north side of the wall uh, where it literally lifted the roof off of the building and slammed it back down
0: oh my gosh Um, yeah i can tell
1: and what they're thinking is that when the steeple fell it just kind of torqued the building and it just did a wave through the building and slapped it back down
0: so is it safe to be in here Um, i mean probably not for Lots so, of
1: people, but according to the engineer with our contractor and the city engineer, no, this building is not safe to be in. According to the insurance company's engineer, he thinks we'll only have to cut out half of the north wall and then abate all the woodwork, the plaster and everything. And so when we do that, we'll be left with about 150 foot of just clay brick to build around. Uh, so we're going to you know, have other engineers challenge that decision. Um, but it was crazy. Most of the pews are fine. Uh, Most of the chancel rail and everything off of the the stage area, we're actually using that at our other location for worship now. Uh, They came and got the organ out, and they said it was all full of water. But luckily, we have the type of the organ where each chamber is its own separate piece. And so instead of having to uh, rebuild a, a chamber for a series of pipes or a range of notes, If any of them are messed up, they can replace just that one. Each individual one.
0: Well, you Um, can tell that this was a beautiful sanctuary. Yes,
1: yeah. Um, To me, it was one of the most beautiful ones uh, in our conference, and it was kind of a, I guess you'd say, a colonial revival style, very much you know early American design. Um, It was it was very pretty. We just got done uh, putting acoustics, not acoustics, but audio and visual stuff in here, and we went to a blended service, in Advent of twenty twenty two. And I had just finished soldering the last connection on that system the Tuesday before the storm. I'd been working on it over a year, running new cables and getting everything set up. Uh, but, you know, we were able to pull most of that out. So luckily we, uh, we didn't lose any of that audio system. And we've got it set up mobily now, so we've got it at our other location. Um, so, I mean, you know, it worked out. That we were prepared to move to another location, even though we weren't planning on moving to another location, it was really just as simple as unplugging moving and getting it plugged back in so um, very thankful for that um, and, and you know this is this is just a building it 's going to take us a while, probably be two or three years before we 're back in a sanctuary oh really yeah, um, because if we do pull everything out of this one and abate it and use just the bones of this structure that's going to be a horrendous undertaking. If we level this down to the slab and start over, that's that'll be a little bit quicker process, but it's still going to be a while. Um, but fortunately, we've got our multi-use building in the back that we can take down to the frame and start over, and that's probably a five or six-month turnaround. So once we get uh, word back from insurance and we start working on that stuff, uh, you know, we could potentially be back in our building by next spring. Um, so that's a, a good thing. And, you know, the greatest thing about all of this is this is just a building. Um, it doesn't Show a reflection on our ability to worship it doesn't show the reflection on our mission um, this is just the place where we meet and so one of the challenges the biggest challenge we're going to have when we go to build back is are we going to invest most of our resources into a room that we use an hour a week Or are we going to say we have a unique opportunity here to reposition ourselves for effective ministry for the next 50 to 100 years? Right. It
0: causes you to be able to kind of reevaluate your priorities and and how you do mission and ministry in this community. Yes,
1: 100 percent. And so, um, you know, that's we're not there yet. And I'm very much trying to to get the church to understand, let's take this one day at a time. Uh, What can we do to help our neighbors and our community rebuild? What can we do uh, to be effective in, in ministry? while we're waiting on the building and not just sitting back waiting for something to happen for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had some members that have responded phenomenally and I've had some members that are sitting back waiting for the clubhouse, you know. And so, um, you learn a lot about people in storms like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've done, overall, we've done phenomenal as a church responding and and trying to to relearn who we are and what is our, our purpose and our identity in our community. So where are you worshiping now? Uh, so we're worshiping at the Knights of Columbus Hall. It's uh, attached to the uh, Catholic Church, uh, which is really neat. After the storm, we had probably seven churches offer us their their sanctuary and uh, the invitation to either join them in worship because it was the Friday. It was Good Friday when this happened. Um, or no, it was not. It was the week before Good Friday. Sorry. Uh, and so Palm Sunday, we met in the parking lot. Uh, but we had seven or eight churches just immediately offer us uh, to come worship with them or uh either hold our services in their sanctuaries before or afterwards um which is really neat to see that connection happen And when something i've been praying about and trying to establish for a long time uh, but the knights of columbus opened up their um hall to us and it's a humongous space probably about twice the size of this even um, and they cleared their schedule minus one or two events that they really just couldn't change um, but like i said earlier you know all of our stuff is, is easy to be moved so we could pack up and have everything out in 20 minutes or set up in 20 30 minutes and um, so we moved over there and set up, and it's just a perfect spot for what we need. Uh, Sunday school classes are having to learn, you know, to meet across the room from somebody and so they can't be as loud and as boisterous <laughs> as they Yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but they're making it work. Some people are, are meeting in homes and places like that. Um, but then somebody in the community came by and paid our utilities for a year. Uh, the Knights of Columbus weren't even going to charge us to be there. It was just rent-free, uh, and we were going to just, you know— give them something to cover utilities and the cost of us using the building. And somebody came by and, and paid it for a year and said, if they still need it after that, call me and I'll come back. Was it just
0: an anonymous donor? I'm just an anonymous person. You have no idea who it no was. No idea. And, That's and amazing. And he didn't want to be,
1: he didn't want to be um, you know, he didn't want his name shared. So, yeah, it's it's great. And we've had several churches um, just step up and be like, hey, what can we do for y'all? What do y'all need, you know, in the meantime. Um, so now we're just, we're just really just waiting on insurance to uh, get us there numbers back so we can contest those or agree with those and then move forward from there. But I mean, as far as a church could be doing after something like this, I I think we're doing great.
0: So tell me about like, you know, Easter Sunday, what are you doing for vacation Bible school?
1: Uh, so Easter Sunday we had uh, we had services at the Knights of Columbus Hall, um, and everybody came just like a normal Easter we were just in a different location. Um, it went off without a hitch. Everybody enjoyed the fellowship. We had people that hadn 't been to church in years you know and they said that this storm and seeing what happened to the church really helped them realize what they 'd been uh, complacent about, and so they came back. and we Sort had, of a reconnection point. Yeah, yeah, and we had several, you know, people that said, you know, I, I had become too comfortable in life, and I need to realize that I need to give my relationship with Jesus a little bit more than I had. Uh, so that was neat to see that happen. Um, so vacation Bible school this year, we're actually doing a one-day Bible school, and we're going to do it out at the state park. We're going to let parents drop their kids off in the morning, and they'll come pick them up around noon or so. Uh, and it's calling, uh, calling it Fishers of Wind about oh, the importance the very of living our faith out in our community. In our yeah. community, very clever. Uh, and so we're uh, partnering with uh, First Presbyterian Church up on the Hill uh, to make that happen. So it's going to be a, a neat opportunity and experience for our kids and our volunteers.
0: So Wynn has always been, uh, in the recent years, a location for Ozark Mission Project, uh, community builders to come in and stay. Um, tell us a little bit about how that had to pivot.
1: Um, so... You know, initially after the storm, one of our uh, worries was, where are we going to put students? And so we did some brainstorming, see if there were other locations here in town that we could house students. Um, You know, one of the other Methodist churches here in town that we could house them. One of the things that we were running into is really just facilities, like shower facilities and and ample space to do what we needed to do. Um, And Bailey, and I I believe you were in on it, uh, connecting with Forest City First Methodist Church. And, man, that church, they rose to the occasion. They opened their doors. They organized their volunteers. And I think they have gone above and beyond as far as host churches are involved in just making sure we've had everything that we've needed um, and have made made getting ready for camp effortless, but also on top of a two- to three-week turnaround of making that a reality. They've just made it so easy. Um, and it's been neat. For their church members to see what OMP does, and right? Because we're exposing a whole new yes. congregation
0: to yes. what OMP is about. Yeah. The uh, the staff have kind of been referring to this mission week as Win City.
1: Win City, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a partnership, and I mean, I feel um, I feel loved by the people of First Methodist in Forest City, um, and their pastor Beth has just, I mean, she's been phenomenal uh, in making things happen, and, and I tell her what we need or what you know way things have usually gone in the past, and next thing I know, it's taken care of. Right. Um, and so they've just been great, um, and it's opened the door for uh, a whole nother camp. You know, we do stuff here in Cross County. We do stuff in Wynn, but we have a ton of applications from Forest City and Marion and Mariana, which is south of Forest City, um, and so it's opened the door, you know, so next summer we might could do a camp in both places, and right. we would definitely have the work uh, to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, we can expand our footprint in northeast Arkansas hundred yeah, quite a bit. 100%. So what are I know the kids at some point are going to come to Win and start doing a little bit of tornado relief. So far we've just been doing some typical OMP projects. What are we going to do to help Win with tornado relief?
1: Uh, so we actually have a couple of things that uh, we're going to let the campers do this week. Uh, one of the houses that we've been spending quite a bit of time on uh, with our volunteer groups, it's a house with a young couple have two small children, and in their backyard they had probably twenty something humongous oak trees fall and it just created this huge mess of just entangled you know vines and limbs and tree trunks and it's all under tension and you never know what's going to happen and you can imagine as a parent with small children letting your kids out and knowing that your mischievous child is going to get up in there and climb around and uh, so we've been over, over there just cutting trees loose and pulling them out, and cutting them up, and getting them out to the road. Um, yesterday I was out there cutting some stuff, getting ready for groups to show up because I wanted to be ahead uh, enough of them to keep them busy once they got there um, that I just discovered this 12-foot hole in the ground where a tree root had been. Uh, it was covered up, and I stepped through some limbs, and, and there it was. Oh, and, and you some, had no idea that it was no there? No idea. And so, you know, if their 5-year-old son or 6-year-old son would have been out there playing around and falling in that, it could have been a long time before his parents found him. Um So they're gonna be doing stuff like that. And then the other thing they're gonna do is I'm actually gonna have them uh, come up here to our church campus. There's a lot of stuff outside. We lost probably 50 trees here right around the church. Um, So just try to clean up from that stuff uh, where we've been cutting stuff up, getting it piled up. Uh, Trying to make the outside of the church look a little bit more presentable in the the transition turnaround time. Uh, And so that's kind of a special favor for me because I'm the one that's been working on that and focusing on that. I've really been hammering on our church members about do stuff in the community. Don't worry about the clubhouse. Uh, and so they're going to do that kind of uh, to, to help the church out and as a special favor mm-hmm. to me, to help me get ahead of, of the, the work curve, I guess you'd say.
0: Right, so I saw the steeple too. What, tell me about what happened with the steeple.
1: So the steeple actually blew off at the height of the wind and some of the videos that were taken around from security cameras around town, you can actually hear it crashing, which is really wild. Um, but there's two scenarios that engineers think happened. It either toppled over and did like a lawn dart and then fell over on top of our uh, day school education building or it actually blew the bottom out of it and it did a somersault and landed on that building. Oh my goodness. Um, so there's just no way to really know without you know, watching it happen, how it landed. Um, but it fell down onto where our day school is housed. And our day school um, provides childcare for about 200 working families in our community. And so that was a, a real big panic that we had to get it up and going to get that parents. That cr- really creates back a gap yeah. in your
0: community. Um, I mean, just the workforce yeah. and just daycare.
1: and Yeah. And thankfully, we were, um, we were blessed with a space by another local church. Uh, it gave us about two weeks turnaround time, but we were able to. Open it back up within two weeks to get people to where they could get back to work Mm -hmm. and get, you know, not only the economy in town restarted, but to get life back to some time of normalcy. Um, And so there's some challenges with being at a different location, but I mean, the fact that they had the space and the fact that they were willing to let us use it is just a blessing of itself and a testament of how uh, the connections that the family of God makes across denominations, across boundaries, um, and across groups of people. And so they're out there uh, for now for the you know, hopefully within six months, we get them back in their own building and, and situated. Um, but for right now, they're able to do their, their daily activities and everything that they you know, are used to doing.
0: So with the time of day that the storm hit, was anybody in this facility?
1: So we adopted the policy of the public school system about four years ago that whenever the schools let out, we would let the day school out. And so we had actually sent all of our children and uh, employees home around two o'clock that day. Uh, so thankfully everybody was off campus when the storm hit. Um, like I said, it took me, you know, six hours to get three blocks up here just cause of the, wow. the damage and the trees after the storm. And, um, the good news is is that we do have a safe room here in the church that all the the children go to, and it was untouched. Um, I mean, we still had paper taped up on the chalkboard that was still there,: so, so it you didn't tested the integrity yes, of that, yeah. that room yeah um, we put it through the real test to make sure that it was good so that was that was a blessing, and I was thankful to see that that room was okay, but i was I was still a lot happier to know that i didn't even have to worry about it being tested uh, with people inside of it so. That doorway, that used to be an outside door. It was a solid oak door, weighed about 150 pounds. After the storm, it was laying down there on the other end of the hallway. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're talking hundreds of feet. Yeah, yeah. And it, it made the corner and made it all the way down the corner. Uh, so here you can see where the, the asbestos is starting to fall in. So as long as we don't kick it around and dust it up, we're okay. So walking in after the storm, there was about eight inches of water over the entire building and you could just hear water pouring out of somewhere. And it was our fire suppression system had busted and it was just spraying water out of some six and eight inch mains going through the building. Well, the building that the shutoff is in, I couldn't really tell how safe it was. So I just had to let it run that night. And then finally Saturday, we were able to get in and shut the water off and realize, you know, the extent of the damage.
0: And there were eight inches of water going across the floors running down all the
1: floors you'd open the door and it's like a wave of water would just come out um and so walking here into Martha Murray Hall this is our multi-use building uh the back wall of it actually blew out from the storm and we're thinking that's what allowed the building to stay standing oh because the pressure pressure. yeah um but we had as you can see the daylight coming in we had oh yeah um, had a wall blow out on, on both ends um but this is wow. the building we're hoping we can just take down to the frame and start over uh, and make this a multi-use facility so we can worship in here while we are uh, either building back a chapel or, or a sanctuary, whatever they choose to do. I've
0: never seen anything like this. You yeah. can tell that, like, the ceiling was just sucked down.
1: Yes. Yeah. And they've actually already redecked it and tarped it over. Um, all that was daylight. That Most oh, of the roof my was gosh. gone. Um, all the light-colored plywood you can see, that was uh-huh. all gone. Um, so it was, it was wild to say the least.
0: Yeah, this this is just crazy. I can see why our community builders couldn't stay here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, <laughs> hazards. <laughs> we thought about sweeping the floor, bringing in some fans, and all, but you know, we figured we'd <laughs> be a little bit nicer to them. Yeah
0: we wouldn't need to find showers it could just rain through the ceiling
1: right right well one of the things i'm hoping to, to, to have happen in the rebuild is uh new bathrooms with showers
0: see uh, specifically
1: yeah. for omp and other groups that come through if we have you know two locker rooms with four to six showers in each one that's a, a game changer absolutely and so that with some other neighborhood or other community resources we have will be set to house people for the long term
0: I am so appreciative of Reverend Matt making time to take me on a tour through the building and even more so for his willingness to still direct the OMP Mission Week even in the midst of the chaos in his church and community. It's through dedication like his and others that OMP is able to continue to serve our neighbors here in Arkansas.